Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Today is Twitter Thursday on a Wednesday. Wednesday evening. We'll kind of split the difference there. Probably when you're listening, it's going to be Thursday. Which means today is Draft Day Eve. Yay! It used to be, and this is honest God truth, that... For many years of my life, I could not sleep on this night. It was much like Christmas Eve. Uh, I've gotten a little older, a little wiser, I suppose. Maybe, maybe not. Um, But I still get very excited for it. But it's not as important to me. I'm just less of a fan now. You know what I mean? Like, I used to be jumping on my skin. What are the Steelers going to do? What are the Steelers going to do? And I was super into it and love every minute of it. And I still do. But more from an analyst now. Um... However, I will be now, who would have thunk it way back when, when I was eight years old and hoping, seeing who the Steelers were going to take, that I would be doing Steelers Radio Network. I will be down there at the Steelers facility all three days uh, as the draft's happening, analyzing all the picks, not just Steelers, of course. I think you can find that on iHeartRadio. I urge you to check it out. It will be Steeler-centric, but not exclusively, obviously. So, what we're going to do today, and we're not going to have a podcast, there will not be a podcast on Thursday but Friday will be round one reactions. You know, maybe talk about a couple guys that we were surprised are still on the board. Um, tomorrow, I figured if I do a podcast, by the time you listen to it, it's, it's all going to be irrelevant, anyways, of uh, you know what we're hearing and all these things. Uh, before we get into the Twitter questions, uh, many of you asked me to comment on the massive amounts of layoffs that happened today at ESPN. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to, a whole lot of insight on it. You know, I, the same thing happened to me as well as Bill Williamson and many other very good people. It was about a year and a half ago. And since then, I've been doing this and working for FanRag and The Score and many other places and Steelers Radio Network. Um, and it sucks. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I'm very happy with what I'm doing now. I'm very happy with this podcast. Glad you and I get to chat every day. Um, but we had a really great podcast at ESPN too, and that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, and who knows? So I don't know what, I really don't have a whole lot of insight other than, um, my heart goes out to those guys, to those men and women who do what I do for a living, whether it's hockey or baseball or basketball or whatever sucks bad, but I, I don't think it's any different than any other field. Not that I know anything about any other field. Um, if I wasn't doing this for a living, I'd be dig- digging a ditch or pumping gas. That's the only thing I know how to do in this world. But I think I'm all right at it. So I'm here to answer your questions. But uh, it is a very competitive field. A lot of people want to do what I do for a living, rightfully so. It rocks. It's awesome. And now there's a lot of dudes that I know, um, most that I don't know, that are scrambling for what they do next in this world post-ESPN. So let's buzz through some Twitter action here. Um one that was asked quite, and I wish I could find it, it's just too deep on my Twitter feed somewhere. Uh, I don't know who exactly asked me, but it, they, they had asked, what is game day like in the Williamson house? You know, what's a Sunday l- like in the middle of the season here? 
And I have an eight-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old son. And my wife wants nothing to do with football. She doesn't care at all, which is wonderful for me. Uh, <laughs> much better. That's much better than the other way around and telling me what to do with, you know, or my opinions or arguing about football in any way. So, generally speaking, I mean, she's a veteran at this. I've been doing this a long time. She will often take the kids somewhere. You know, they plan a trip to the zoo or the museum or the in-laws or whatever. Um, however, the older my son gets, the more he cares about what happens on game day. Um, this year was kind of odd where he was, you know, I'm just sitting in my lazy boy watching as many games as possible, taking as many notes as possible, trying to, you know, uh, ingest as much as I humanly can, um, as you guys know, but this year he would be around more and it was a fine line for me because 4,000 million times I wanted him to shut the hell up, (laughs) to be very honest, so I could work. But the dad in me also wants to talk football with my son, you know, and teach him and learn as I learned. So it's a fine line. And um, I assume that will be the case going forward. I never told him he couldn't be there. There were times when I said, there's no more questions. You got to stop because I can't follow along. Um, And there was many times that we had good discussions and he's learning more and more. And, you know, he's had some advantages that I obviously didn't have at his age. If I, when I was 10 years old, man, I would have killed for Madden. You know, he plays Madden, he knows every team in the league, you know, or every player in the league from that. And not to mention the freaking internet. I mean, I had a, a Street and Smith magazine and Kuiper's draft guide. It was all, you know, I knew every sentence in those where he goes to YouTube and just, you know, checks out whatever he wants. So good stuff. I mean, so he's very interested, obviously, as well as other sports, but that is. Game day in the Williamson household. Basically, I'm just glued to the TV, more or less. Kevin Burgoon asked me, who should the Colts draft? This is very easy to me. It's either McCaffrey, who I would love to see in that offense. Again, I I, I really would like to see Luck orchestrating him pre-snap, no huddle, in the dome, fast track, um, move him all around the formation, um, Luck would be perfect to do that from a, a mental per, you know, perspective and, and do all those things. Or if you don't go there, I know some people will say offensive line. I think that's a little early for Lamp or Bowles or one of those guys. Basically, just best defensive player available. I mean, there'll be a quality corner. There'll be a quality pass rusher. Shouldn't ignore any of those things. Maya in Packers land asked me, who picks first overall a year from now? My instant thoughts, the Jets. I mean, I got to think it's a three-horse race between the Jets, the Browns, and the Niners. I mean, to me, they're clearly the three least talented teams. The Jets and the Browns might not have a, you know, an NFL quarterback. You know, I mean, maybe Trubisky's going to turn into something wonderful, and he's, you know, Maybe Hackenberg's return is something wonderful, and you know I'm kind of operating under the assumption they're going to get Trubisky, which is crazy anyways. Doesn't sound like it's going to be Garoppolo. Uh, so if you have quarterbacks that are very much learning or potential failures, you're going to lose a lot of games. Um, they're the three teams, to me, that's pretty obvious. Um, who else do we got here? Uh, Bram asked me, 
Everyone's saying there's no O-line talent in this draft. Are there many mid-round O-linemen you are high on? No. <laughs> Sorry. No. <coughs> and I think this draft is absolutely, absolutely lacking a top guy. You know, uh, clearly, I mean, I mean, an Ogden, a Baselli, you know, somebody that is a consensus top five, top ten pick. That That guy does not exist in this draft. Then I think there's a group of about 10 linemen that are going to go from 10 to 40 or 10 to 45, 10 to 50. And then I think there's just a gap, man. And that that's what I'm saying, that if you got a fourth round grade on a, on a lineman, you better take him in round three. You know, I mean, it's almost just like a quarterback situation. So, um, no, it's a bad O-line class. Guillermo Cerberos is a Bucks fan, obviously, by his icon here. Thoughts on Bucks moving right guard Ali Marpet to center. Gerald McCoy sees him being dominant there as a phone booth guy. I got no problems with it. He's apparently a very smart guy. He's not a rookie anymore. Uh, I would imagine he won't have any problems with the line calls. Learning to snap isn't the hardest thing in the world. It's not, you know, easy. Um... But if they were to draft a tackle or guard high and move some people around with Marpet going to center, I think that's a a fine approach. But I would also say don't mess with the good thing. I mean, he's a really good guard. So, you know, why not just draft a center? You know what I mean? I mean, not that there's a ton out there, but you see what I'm saying. I mean, don't mess with it just to mess with it. But if that makes your puzzle pieces fit better, where you move a tackle to guard and him to center, then cool. You know, I, I got no problem with that at all. Pedro, 35, thoughts on diluted samples? Um, <coughs> Basically, I don't care. I mean, really, if I were a GM, like Jabril Peppers. You know, Jabril Peppers supposedly was squeaky clean before this. And worst case scenario is he smoked marijuana in the last 30 days because that's how long it stays in your system. I don't care. I, I really don't. I mean, I know that's not a smart thing. Um, is he reliant? I mean, if somebody fails his drug test at the combine, generally speaking, you say either you're dumb or you're an addict of some sort or can't live without it. I get that. But if Jabril Pepper smoked dope, three weeks ago, 28 days ago, something like that. I don't care. I mean, I really don't. I say this all the time, going back to the Steelers, going back to my 10-year-old. Whenever he's 20, he's going to laugh that Martavis Bryant was suspended for this entire year because of marijuana. You know what I mean? It's going to be commonplace. Let um, I me mean, get my drift here. However, I also think that if there's any kind of, quote, failed drug test, diluted samples is the one I want to hear. Of course, Peppers could be lying, but he was also, you know, on record saying, hey, I was fighting a cold, which some of these guys fight colds. I told you that. I mean, I was, I got these guys up at four in the morning at the combine. Some of them are not real healthy. I mean, and they're fighting through it. And he said he was fighting a cold. He's chugging water after water so he doesn't cramp up during the drills so he can perform the best he can. He's trying to get healthy. And that very well could be true. You know, I mean, it's the obvious excuse if you're lying. Okay. But even if you're lying, I don't really care. I'm sorry. Um, 
Broncos fan 13 says, give Broncos fan an alternate to one of these terrible offensive linemen at pick 20. Please and thank you. Well, I mean, I don't think Ramchek or Bowles or Lamp or Robinson is a reach at 20. I mean, I think you take one of those guys if they're there and you're happy about it, and that's fine. You know, I mean, they're, they're useful pieces for sure. I don't think that's taking a lineman just to take a lineman. But the alternative to me is Najuku, uh, Najoku. Um, maybe maybe even Engram. I mean, Engram's a really good prospect. Engram at 20 to me isn't insane talk. But I think they want someone closer to more of an inline guy. That's the only one I can really come up with, though. I mean, I do think they need a third receiver more than people realize. Uh, going tight end in the first round would help that as well. But they need a starting tight end. And I would think that's almost neck and neck with offensive line in terms of need you know I mean they need a lot of on the offensive line there's no doubt but if Broncos and first two picks were O-line and tight end I think that works out quite well for them finding the love of your life the ultimate reconnaissance mission but you did it and you want to protect the life you've built together through thick and thin be their protector for life with life insurance from USAA call 1-800-531-LIFE for a quote Al you why you asked me will the Steelers and he spelled it properly the Stullers draft a quarterback and I think in this situation it's either go big or go home for the Steelers you know I don't think you draft the next Landry Jones you draft the next starter you know that don't give me Omar Jacobs in the fifth round I mean I think that if you're gonna do it it needs to be Josh Dobbs Peterman or better. And I don't think it's crazy talk that maybe Kaiser at 30. So I think you do one on the first day or two, probably maybe not even the third round. I mean, late second or the or late first, or you don't do it at all or, or don't even bother. You know, I mean, don't I mean, why bother on another six you know, six round guy that might turn into Landry Jones who they just re-signed to a two-year deal, I think. Adam Tettleborn asks, which red flag is the worst, drugs, injury, or off-the-field concern? Well, say what you want, but injuries prevent you from playing football. You know, if you've got a bad knee that's never going to get right or arthritic, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to pretend to be a doctor. But if you got something that the doctors don't trust in a bad way, when your doctor gives the report on these guys and say he ranks them from 1 to 10 in terms of how worried he is about this, and he gives this dude a 9 or a 10, well, that's pretty bad. I mean, I hate to say it, but you can overlook some off-the-field stuff or some drug stuff, but if he's unable to play football, well, then that's the worst. If it's a, you know, if it's just a, quote, injury-prone guy, with all injuries, you have to defer to the doc. I mean, there's just no way around that. that anyone's an idiot that thinks, boy, I know more about if this guy can stay healthy at the NFL level than my team doctors that I'm paying a lot of money that went to med school. Um, clearly a Mixon situation or a Conley situation or a Leo Collins situation is very concerning or a Manziel situation where, you know, you've done your homework on this guy and you don't think that he's stable off the field or able to you know, balance both because of the crazy lifestyle he leads. Uh, 
But there's been a lot of football players and a lot of, you know, a lot of athletes that have been massive alcoholics, massive partiers, you know, I mean, the list is very, very long and you can still win games with those people or you still like them and you want them in the building. That doesn't mean they're bad people. So I don't know. I don't think there's a, a, a list here. I mean, certainly at the bottom of my list would be marijuana use, you know, that in terms of uh, you know, off the field concerns and off the field concerns could mean a lot of things. I mean, have you got, you know, a lot of arrests of you, spousal abuse? Have you put your hands on a woman or do you just run with a bunch of bad dudes, you know, that, that, wor- that really worry you and you, or are you just immature? Are you not very smart? You know, I mean, there's a lot of different levels there. James Ebo asks a really good question here. I don't even know if it's a good question. I'm not going to give you that much credit, James. But he has a strong feeling the Chargers go offense with the seven pick. If so, who do you like? And I, don't, I think we've talked about this. That I really am, I don't like where the Chargers sit. Unless they get Hooker or Adams, which is more likely, I think, would be Hooker. I think if either one of those guys are there, you run it up to the podium. Hooker has to be the target. Every mock draft you see has Hooker going to the Chargers. But that doesn't mean he lasts till seven. You know, it's easier said than done. Um, to me, that's the easy pick, and that's the easy... If you do a mock draft, that's the easy situation. Pencil in Hooker or, you know, less likely Adams to the Chargers. Hooker would be their Earl Thomas or going to that style of defense. I don't see an offensive player I would take there. I just really don't. And... So I think they would be a major trade-down candidate. Um, I could also see them doing something like Jonathan Allen, Solomon Thomas, you know, if Hooker or Adams wasn't there. To be really honest with you, James, there's there's not an offensive player that I would say, good move, Chargers, if they took them at seven. And I mean, I guess the, maybe McCaffrey. I mean, I'm reaching here. I'm reaching for you, dude. I know some have linked them to Corey Davis or Mike Williams. I don't think receivers are big enough need to do that. I think their offensive line really wants to get more athletic, and I think that they will use two, you know, at least one, maybe two quality picks on offensive linemen. But you can't do it at seven, you know. Uh, sorry, man. Uh, so, James, I don't think they go offense at seven, but I do think they are a candidate uh, to trade down. So. That's going to do it, but there's one other subject I wanted to bring up too, and hopefully you listen to this before the draft. But And I don't have any birdies in my ear on this, but I think all this talk about the Browns might take Trubisky, I don't believe it at all. I have no doubt that they like him, but if they do anything with the first pick besides run to the podium and put it in for Miles Garrett, they're idiotic. I very much believe that. So... As the Godfather teaches us, think as those around you think. Who has the most to benefit by putting out all these rumors that the Browns are torn between Trubisky and Garrett? And who also has the most to gain by saying Buffalo, the Jets, a couple of these teams picking early in the top 10 also are smitten with Trubisky? To me, it's the Niners. I mean, the Niners would like nothing better. Well, they'd like nothing better than the Browns to be dumb and take Trubisky, and then they run to the podium and take Garrett. 
But I think they would like nothing better than to get out of that second spot, assuming Garrett isn't there. And if they can convince the world or or even the Browns front office, I mean, I'm not saying that they're you know the, the master that they're the masterminds behind this all. Um, but they're the ones that want the world to believe that Trubisky is massively sought after. So they can get out of two. I mean, if they can make anything close to, well, I mean, they're not going to make an RG3 type of deal or even a Wentz or Goff type of deal. But if they get somebody to take the second pick off their hands, I think they would love it. And the team I think that could be, it would be the Browns at 12. I mean, if the Niners can go from two to 12 and still take an edge rusher or anything, really. And there's more to this story, too. Um, and get a plethora of second-round picks in the process, they're doing cartwheels. So I think a lot of this is drummed up by them. And I also think these rumors that we're hearing that the Niners love Leonard Fournette is also for that exact same reason. I mean, maybe they do love Leonard Fournette. I love Leonard Fournette. But the need in that backfield is a receiving back. You know, they need their Tevin Coleman. They need their Freeman. I think Hyde's a better receiver than people realize, and but he's not great at it. I mean, he's not. They need a movable chess piece guy. I mean, they would. They probably love McCaffrey, and I see absolutely why they would. Um, but they they're not gonna take Leonard Fournette too. And here's why. I mean, here's why. I mean, he doesn't catch the ball unless they think he's Bo Jackson, which I could see. I mean, I, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but. That's the last piece of a rebuilding puzzle. The Shanahan's, I mean, remember who Shanahan's dad is? He drafts Mike Anderson in the fourth round and Terrell Davis in the fifth round, turns him into stars. I mean, even Coleman and Freeman aren't first round picks. You can't tell me that Kyle Shanahan believes using a first round pick, let alone the second overall dra- draft pick in, the, in overall, is good business move. There's no way he believes that. But... I think the Jags love Fournette. I think the Panthers love Fournette, and they should. If they think for any reason that, you know, they have to move up a couple spots to that two spot, then great. I mean, I think all most of the stuff you're hearing now, the team that benefits from the, the rumors I've heard the last day or two about everyone loves Trubisky now and the Niners love Fournette are the team's are the Niners, you know, that they have to be, their number one goal has to be, get me out of number two unless Miles Garrett is there, which he better not be. All right, that's a wrap. Nothing for me tomorrow. Friday, we will recap round one in blazing fashion. Over and out.